Grow Great is a city government leadership podcast with Lisa Norris and me, Randy Cantrell. Each week we share insights, experiences, and wisdom to help you and your leadership grow great. Our website is growgreat.com. All right, so we've, in my business in HR, is helping, well, at least one of the pieces in of my business in HR is helping managers hire, filling those positions. And so many times, Randy, we've talked before we jumped on this, uh, today's podcast, we've talked about, I've helped others outside of, of my world of the city of Grand Prairie, I've helped other leaders as they're looking for jobs, trying to help mentor and guide them. And one of the first comments I always make is don't just focus on the job. You need to focus on the culture. So as much as you're researching the employer itself, and it's always attractive based on what they write, you need to go vet, go go dig into their website, go dig into what their values are, and make sure those align. It's, it's not just about the job, it's about the culture. And as we were looking at that, I'm finding my uh, last post to you, um, I was working with an individual, in fact, last week on, you know, trying to help uh, this individual has been trying to get back into public sector. She was in city government, had gotten out for a bit and is uh, trying to get back in. But kind of like we talked to one of the city managers that's now a city manager, but he was felt like he was, you know, he said it was always the bridesmaid, never the bride kind Mm -hmm. of theory. Uh, This individual was kind of feeling that way, could always get to the finalist interview, but never landed the job. And so this quote came up, um, I love leadership first on LinkedIn, and it says, when praying for that job, also pray for a working environment that won't lead you to burnout, depression, and regret. Powerful words in one sentence, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can you can be praying for this new job, praying for a new opportunity, and you get there and you are worn out. I mean, you can see, okay, it's survive or die, <laughs> you know what I mean? And none of us want to live in that environment. And we can change that and we can impact it and influence it uh, to hopefully over time, not create that environment for those who work for us. So I thought that was a good one. Um, And then the other one that I sent that is similar talks about a good salary, a good salary motivates you once a month, but a good work culture motivates you every day. You know, so those two things I thought today, we'd talk about culture culture that we create, culture that our city has and city government, and why that's so important beyond just pay. I mean, pay is, uh, I call it bonus. You know, pay, obviously, many people have to have it to survive every day, pay rent, feed themselves and their families. But so much of it is extra compared to being happy and joyful internally where you work. What are your thoughts on that that you've experienced? I mean, you you and I are, have been in different positions. Um, you being a CEO, and I'm a director at this point. What is your experience well, the, on that? You know, the whole hierarchy of needs certainly plays into it. So it's not lost on me that we've got people in our audience that just making a living is the priority, right? And I can I can bringing hear, money in the door. Yeah, and I can hear a collective I can hear a collective moan from some people that are like. Listen, I'm just I've just got to feed my family and I So if that's if that's where you're at, that's where you're at. Sure. We we get it. 
uh, we understand. But that doesn't mean that that's got to be your station in life forever. So if that is your station in life right now, my encouragement would be don't lose sight of culture and what's possible down the road. Because if you don't, two years are going to pass, three years are going to pass, five years are going to pass, and you're going to be where you are now, except worse. That, that, that quote of burnout, depression, and regret, that's going to compound over time. You don't want that. That's, no. that's not a recipe for success. So my counsel to people in that position would be get focused on culture, if only how you can, in a small way or a big way, shift the culture to be more positive where you're at. Whether and you don't have to department. be the leader. No, you don't have to be the leader to do it. No, you can you can be a, a member of a crew. You can be a crew leader. You can be an operation supervisor in the field, at, at in an office setting. Um, you don't have to be my level. You don't have to be a director level to make no. change or the city manager to make change. Now, it's helpful if it starts at the top and there's a belief system in it, because then it mm -hmm. can truly influence the down through the organization. Because now you're driven to achieve that citywide. So certainly that support from the top and um, belief uh, helps. But so many people, you know, I'm working currently, um, we're working with one of our departments now that's field-based, um, a lot of field workers. And you, in, in order to change culture, I tell people, just start with you. Start with you, you're one person. You have a crew, start making that cruise life better. <coughs> excuse me, start making that cruise alive, uh, that they're valued and important and treating them with respect. Um, doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter the level of the worker or what their job is at your city every day. I, you know, I'm a big believer that I value. In fact, we just gave our, um, maintenance crew member. He's a maintenance crew, uh, does our parks maintenance. He just keeps our grounds clean, trimmed every day. He keeps our, our uh, greens, he trims every day he's here, 6.30, out mowing, trimming the grass, trimming the bushes around City Hall, blowing stuff. I mean, he just, it's immaculate. And every day he comes there with a smile, every day. And, you know, I talk about that, set that culture. Anybody he works with, I'm sure he lights up their day. And uh, so it doesn't matter the level. It's all about coming creating a work environment that people want to come come to. And as we're working with that department, we're trying to teach them a different way to lead. Uh, and that's going to take time. We told them all, you just have to have, you have to have faith in us and we're going to have faith in you. But it starts with you. Each person we talk to, we said it starts with you. So culture is critical to not making an employee's life miserable. You know, you can still be busy, but not miserable. And I would encourage every person, every person listening to this, what culture are you creating? What environment are your people coming into every day that you were in charge of? And you better be listening to them because so many people say, well, they say, you know, they say it's busy, but it's just busy. Well, make sure you're really listening to them, not dictating that we're just going to keep going because you don't have boots on the ground and you're not there in the trenches with them, understanding what they go through every day. It's so important that we listen to our people because 
we may be so far removed from it, we don't recognize, you know, one of the things we're looking at, um, many cities already do it, we didn't, is on-call pay. And this kept coming up and um, and the employees are saying, listen, we can't really, I can't go anywhere on the when I'm on call. I can't really go, you know, I can't go on vacation. I can't go out of town. I can't enjoy a drink because I have to be available if the water main breaks, for instance. Mm-hmm. I got to be able to come back in. And so we just kind of listened to them. And then I researched it. And sure enough, you know, it, it may seem minor. I'm in an office job, so I don't know on-call pay. I'm also an executive, and we get called at any time and just have to do whatever it <laughs> right, takes. Exactly. But I'm not limited by I can't do anything else. Well, they can't do anything else, really. They they can go out to dinner. They can go out and do other sure. things. But they are limited. Yeah. So we just looked at that, and that's just those little, I call it low-hanging fruit, just implementing something that other cities are already doing. Um, and listening to them is adding value. Um, but I can tell you, as we talk with the employees, it's trying to gain back their trust so that we hear you. Uh, and if you're not listening, you are creating a culture that's shutting them down. So why would they feel valuable if there's no safety in what they have to say? So we're having to retrain and rethink uh, as we listen through this and help find achievable things you know, for them to make, make a work environment that they want to come do every day and they're we're like 20 short right now that tells you a lot about culture too yeah right they're not yeah. willing to do it anymore so we want to help them get to a better place you know some of the things as, as we're talking about culture and as it relates to to you whoever you are and whatever your your current position in life if you'll think about gardening i've got some good friends you know our our happy place is over in arkansas and I've got some good friends over there, and they, they built a new house, and they invested a ton of money in their landscaping. You know, she loves flowers and things. And the past winter, uh, a lot of her favorite kinds of flowers, they died. I mean, they they got completely wiped out. I mean, they lost a boatload of money in their landscaping. And so she went back to the drawing board to think about the kind of flowers that she likes and the kind of colors that she wanted on their property. And she took a look at in, in gardening, there are these climate zones. Well, some plants do can do really, really well here in Texas and the heat that we're currently under as we record, this is July, 2023. Um, they're, they're fine. Uh, they may not be able to withstand the rigors of a Wisconsin winter, but they can withstand the rigors of a Texas summer. And so you have to plant plants accordingly for the soil culture that's conducive for their growth. And so she started thinking about it in those terms. So when Lisa and I talk about culture, I think there's two things. I think there's the specificity, there's the specific things that are pretty universal in that a focus on other people, let's listen to people, let's demonstrate some compassion, let's do everything we can to put people in the best position possible to succeed. But then there's a specificity, there's a more specific micro level of culture in that, for instance, there at Grand Prairie where Lisa works, the pace, the place is pretty blistering. 
Now this is a this is a, a large city with a large staff and a really heavy workflow. There's a part of that culture that's conducive for anybody. But then there's a micro specific part of that culture. It ain't right for everybody. That's right. If if you get hired at Grand Prairie and you have somehow faked your way into their culture, but a high pace of work drives you crazy, well, you're not going to last 24 hours. You're going to be miserable within the first 24 hours because the pace is going to be daunting. You're going to look at this and think, oh, my lands, how do these people even do this? Then there are those people, I think Lisa and I are cut of this cloth. We like that pace. Yeah, it's kinda, almost, it almost gives you energy. Yeah, <laughs> we, we kind of thrive on that pace. But this is where I think self-awareness is such a huge, huge thing. You really have to know yourself and don't fool yourself. You know, don't con yourself. Now, we started the conversation, I'm not trying to hijack us, but about finding a job. So if you're out there, you're looking for a job, Yes, you can go to the website, you can you can look at things, and they can preach a sermon in the website. They could also be preaching a lie. They could be saying one thing and doing something different. So I don't know. You're more the HR expert. But if I'm a plant and I need to be in a certain zone where I know I can thrive, how can I be sure that I'm in that zone? Can I, can I trust... Can I trust or should I trust a website? But this is the thing for me about this whole space of city government is it's vast, but it ain't so vast. It's a pretty small, and I know as an outsider how easy it would be to find out. I could probably blindly, I could make no more than three phone calls. And I could probably get a sense of, okay, it is what they say it is. Or no, okay, all that glitters ain't gold kind of a thing, right? That's right. But I think the key is to know yourself. There are cultures that are broken. There's no question about it. But there are also cultures that just are not right for a specific person. Grand Prairie is a great place. The culture's great. They develop leadership. They lean hard into people. They've got all the macro level stuff happening, but then you get down to the real micro level and the pace. I would say that your pace is probably the number one. I could be wrong. I'm going to speculate that your pace is probably the number one killer for brand new people that come in and they're like, oh, my lands. I, I had no idea that it was going to be like this. And some may thrive in that. Others may wilt and wither, not because they're bad people, not because they're incompetent. It's just not right for them. Yes. we we. In fact, we talk about it um, when we do interviews in HR. We really don't focus on the skills. Um, skills can be taught, is my belief. In HR, you can teach everything. Now, they have to have, they have to come with a foundation of knowledge, right, of just what is FML? What is this? What is class right. comp? What are, how, how have you worked with benefits? I mean, we need to know that they've got some level, but really the focus on our interview is all scenario-based questions. I mean, we just focus a lot on the pace is ridiculous. It is never ending. It doesn't get better. It, it 
it increases. The pace just is always stacking on top of itself. And so in a day, how do you manage more things than you can ever get done in the week? Mm-hmm. And and w- when you've planned something, when you've planned strategically to accomplish these five things, how do you manage the next 10 that come in and you never get to your five? And they have to answer it. And everybody's, you know, we can tell pretty quickly. They are, they're like, well, I'm always able to accomplish my goals. And I would just... I would just make sure my first five are done and then I'd build in the, that didn't work here, <laughs> you right. Right. but you can tell by the way they answer if they're so structured and they're not listening to what we're saying, mm-hmm. they're not acknowledging that we're telling you the pace. When we say ridiculous, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's, but you have to be able to thrive on it. And, and we look for the answers and this is, you know, obviously if you're coming to, apply here, this is going to help. <laughs> but, you know, I'm looking for the answers of, well, you've got to manage. You just got to look at your priorities. What what has the most critical deadline? How soon do you need it? And then I need to shift. And then I'll get with my leader and say, here's what I'm shifting. Is is that good? You know, just to come, it, it seeks confirmation because it's all about teamwork. It's what can we get done in the day that's critical for now and then we just need to move the rest of this stuff. And we've always got, my gosh, our task list in HR, we have to manage tasks because you can't rely on memory. I mean, we're we're right. probably 200 deep on things that need to be done. And we just keep loading them to a task bar when they came in, who asked for it, is it CMO driven, confirm dates with them. If we get close and we're not there yet, we have to tell them, hey, we, this was due by June 30th. We're at June 20th. It's not going to happen because of these five things. Do you still need that or can we push it? I mean, we, it's constant communication yeah. of shifting every single day of the priority that's due based on the need. Yeah, there um, are people that might work better in a vacuum. That doesn't work in your culture and your environment. But I think this is where our delusion or our our unwillingness to really know ourselves. The work to me, the worst thing that could happen for anybody is I fake my way into a job because I'm fooling myself and perhaps I fool my, my prospective employer and now I get the job and that's just as bad as it gets because now I find myself in soil that I have no way of growing in because it's not, it's not right for me, but I, but I faked my way into it. Thinking, pace can be a killer. Thinking this if will you, be great and this will be wonderful. No, it won't be wonderful. It'll be yeah, a killer. Yeah, if you are not honest with yourself, um, and I had so much appreciation. We interviewed a young lady. We had a hiring fair um, recently where, and I say hiring fair, not job fair, because we did everything from application to drug testing to onboarding in, in a three-hour window. I mean, you had to come ready, but if you're ready, and we had people, we had managers there interviewing on the spot, um, we call them, you know, 10 minute inter. They were high paced interviews. Um, and we had one young lady that was interested in just an internship and specifically in HR. So I, I pulled her aside and interviewed her <clears throat> and I was talking about the pace. And at, at the time she had disclosed that she was pregnant and as high risk. And I said, well, what are you looking for? Because pregnancy is no problem for us. We, you know, you can certainly be off you on internships we can pick you right back up when you're ready. So that doesn't bother me, but what are you looking for? And she kind of explained it. And I said, so here's, here's, 
Here's what it looks like daily in our world. It's it's high paced. You're gonna even as a an intern, we give you projects. Like we don't just give you busy work. We don't give you filing and scanning. We give you projects that grow you and grow and help us. So that it would it would give you stuff for your resume. And she was an older intern, so she you know she, it wasn't like a college intern. She was like in her 30s and trying yep. to get into HR and public sector. And so um, it was a really great conversation. And as I explained the culture. I said, we have a great culture and can adapt and and help you get where you want to be. But the pace is, I just want to explain the pace. And we explain this to every applicant. And she said, you know what? I appreciate you so much for telling me that because that's not where I am right now. She said, I need low stress. Uh, she said, I'm high risk. I don't need to be anxious because that can impact me. I need steady, slow, methodical work. And I said, we just don't have that here. But um, but we'd certainly be interested if you get to a point in your life where you're interested, we grow people and we'll stretch you uh, if that changes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was we told her in that moment, because that's very a very rare trait for somebody to admit that. Yeah. And we told her. her we appreciated her self-awareness of her mm -hmm. needs right now, because that's not a, that's not something we get every day when we interview. And that shows a lot about a person's character. You know what I mean? It, yeah, we really had a great sure. respect for her. Uh, and I'm more than happy to bring her on if there's a point later that things settle down. Mm -hmm. But this was her first child. Um, you know, she says, I don't know what the future holds. I don't. I, I would think I want to work, but I don't know. Um, you know, I appreciate all that because you have to know what you want in life to be able to get what you want in life. Yeah. You have to have a path. And she was clear on her mission. Um, and we appreciated that. And we've had others I've hired that say all the right things that say, I'm ready for this next step. We talk about pace, they get here and they cannot survive it. And we give a lot of grace because it is crazy busy. We kind of, we do a lot of training, but we also throw you in because we want to see your application of, of learning once we've taught you. Um, and sometimes that just doesn't happen. In, in your environment, you have to you have to adapt and you do have to learn. You do have to grow. So, you have to be able to apply what is learned for sure. You can't just hear it and want us to give you a one, two, three. We will do that initially up on training, but we give you procedures and that's right. And then we want you to apply that. And I ask a lot of questions. I'm like, okay, tell me how you got there. Tell me where you looked. You know, because I want to see yep. what they have applied and it doesn't always have to be perfect. It's, I just want to see that they're listening and they're quickly adapting to, to the pace. Right. Um, and you can tell that honestly, Randy, uh, I can tell that within probably about two months because it yeah. takes a lot. We're so fast. It takes a lot of, uh, instructional, right. Okay. This is where you can look. We've, we've actually done a lot of videos, video learning and little segments that teach them the how to's in our world. Uh, and we like, to see what what did you learn from that and we also watch their attitude and what they expect from us because if they start getting resentful or want us to you know you need to give me every one two three it just doesn't work that way in our environment that's why we ask so many questions in an interview of what do you expect what do you thrive in how do you handle pressure how do you handle limited instruction on a major project because we want to see their initiative and their interest and their wisdom being applied, even at the lowest level. We just want to see what they can do with what they're given. Um, because honestly, long-term, 
you can see that they're going to go somewhere too, right? I always say we grow them and send them, grow them and send them. I want to keep them as long as I can, but we just don't have the upward growth. We've got very young leaders. Unless they get new opportunities, they're probably not going anywhere. So that is my philosophy is grow them and send them. But we try to, going back to our original message, we try to create a culture they want to be here, that they enjoy learning, they thrive under pressure, but the pressure is constant. So it also teaches them a lot about themselves and their abilities. And my belief is if you can survive here, you're going to be great anywhere, assuming the culture is positive and you have continual leaders that are investing in you and want you to do well. As long as you can find that, if you can survive Grand Prairie in our pace, in our the, the demands that we have um, of load and being able to be, be very lean and produce a high volume of work, you'll do great anywhere. And I, I'm proud of that, that we can send them and hopefully they're great employees for others that we have grown them well. I think any of us with any experience, we, we have, if we've got any work experience, <clears throat> we have worked in cultures that, for me, cultures are either broken, and I mostly define a broken culture with one word, and that word is tyranny. Tyrannical cultures, dictator, no collaboration, no listening, very autocratic, my way or the highway kind of a culture. That's that's my personal definition of broken because I've experienced that. Right. <laughs> Early in my career, I've worked for that. Can you thrive in those kinds of cultures? I did. I did. I found a way. Real strong self-starter, wasn't going to be beaten, uh, did not have a high view of myself. Uh, I will tell you, for me, the magic was effort. The magic was putting in the work. The magic was, I know I can manage my work. I can manage my effort. I may not have control over the boss being a tyrant. Uh, I may not have control over the fact that they don't care at all about me, but they do care about my productivity because I was in sales. Well, and, and I bet you weren't full of excuses. Because that, well, that's what will kill somebody. If, if I, you make excuses for it and blame it on everybody else, the tyrannical leader, that does you no good at all. No, I'm enough of a control freak. I just knew that I need to focus on what I can control. So for a number of years, that was, that was my life. Now, I was going to school, but I was also working full time. And I just knew, and I was in a performance-based pay position, fully commissioned. You sell, you make some money. You don't sell, you don't make any money. So that made it a little bit easier. My point being, you can even be in a broken culture and find ways to grow. Mm -hmm. Strong suggestion would be don't stay there. That's right. Because you will not grow to your full potential in that environment. You, But for a season or two or more, I believe good people can grow in a bad culture, but you've got to take control of your own. You got to be responsible. You can't blame the culture. Just learn all that you can test yourself, put yourself to work. And then I think there's positive cultures, but they're different. Yes. There, there are some positive cultures that work the opposite of the way Grand Prairie does just because it's the difference in the city. 
I mean, come on, Texas, there are way more small cities in Texas than big cities. I mean, by a wide margin. Right. So the vast majority of you listening to us, the odds are you are in a really small city with a really low head count. It's not likely that the majority of people listening to us have the blistering pace that Grand Prairie does. But they could, you know what, they could, because I've found, you know, my daughter Haley works in a, in a smaller city and, and, and she thrives and she's worked, always worked in smaller cities in what I call them one person shops, but yeah. So she's wearing to me, five the pace hats is, of the day. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. So the difference is I wouldn't, I don't even know if I'd say it's less busy. They have more hats to wear and more load to carry in varying roles. She was the community event planner she was the i mean for everything that they did external for the community but putting on the different hats is its own challenge that's right some people may thrive and some people may listen i just want to be in my lane (laughs) i just want to do hr yeah just let me do my (laughs) stuff where other people like haley you know yeah give me this variety of stuff that's and right. She could, and she could thrive. She's the that. marketing rep. She's the community event planner. She's the HR person. That's right. She's the investigator. You know, I mean, I just she, don't want people to mistake that, you know, a good culture is one thing. That's why I made the analogy of these, right. these growth zones. The things that people in Wisconsin, these plants that they love to have in their yard are very different than the plants that we have here in North Central Texas. Because the climate is so dramatically different. Plants that they love, they couldn't have here. They're going to have to adapt because not there, there probably is some plant, because I'm not a horticulture guy, but there's probably some plant that can grow just about anywhere. But these flowers and these kind of trees, I mean, we planted a new tree. And if you think of it in this terms, so Rhonda wanted a dogwood tree in our happy place in Arkansas. So we plant this dogwood tree. We go and we get this, you know, we got a four or five foot dogwood tree. And they sold us some kind of a contract some kind of bag of stuff that's bone meal and all kinds of stuff that's conducive for this tree for that environment. And so we talked to them and they told us you know, what to do and how to, how to have this thing kind of thrive here through these, through the spring and the summer months to get ready mm-hmm. for an Arkansas winter, which isn't terribly severe, not in South central Arkansas. And so we did it and, and the thing is thriving. Okay. But we talked to them about some other trees. Rhonda mentioned some names I can't remember. And they're like, yeah, those, those don't do those don't here. Those don't do so well. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's where you kind of have you got to know yourself, and that's where this whole fit, and that really was kind of the reason that we clicked to record today is the fit. Yeah, it's but know that, thyself yeah, is the key the term. Rub. Know thyself and know others. That's you have to be self aware of what motivates and drives you in which in an environment in which you thrive. But what if you don't know? What what if I think what if I think I know myself well enough, and I knew myself well enough as a young man. I'm a stress junkie. Blistering paces, I do well. I just, I, I do well. It's why I gravitated to retail, 
because it's crazy insane every day. It's, it's much like your pace. That suited me to a T. But how do you know? How do you know? Well, part of it, I think, comes with uh, life experience. If you're uh, new, a new person in your career, you're young in your career, doesn't mean you're young, but you're young in your career. Um, if it's new to you, I think some life's going to help define that for you as you go. It's no different than I talked to my kids about when they were dating, right? They're all married now, but when they were dating and they would get heartbroken over their first love, whatever, you know, Randy, uh -huh. you're smiling. You've lived through this. Oh, the, those dating, they think the world has ended after their first, you know, dates. <laughs> yeah ended and they didn't go anywhere. And I kept saying, guys, all you're doing right now is you're, you're building your filters. Your filters are wide open at the top. And mm -hmm. you said, I just want to date. That's pretty wide open. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're rude or they don't in our world, in our kids world, they didn't text me back at like five seconds ago when I texted them. And I'm like, yeah. okay, your filter is narrowed. If that's yeah. important, you want right. somebody that's going to respond, be responsive. So it's all about filters narrowing, and you will define that for yourself if you're honest with yourself. Part of it's also growing. I would trust, you know, I would trust others. Um, help define, look at yourself. What is important to you? What makes you thrive? What makes you happy? Um, is it challenges? Is it pace? Is it project-based? And then as you interview, they always give you a chance. Do they not at the end and say, typically, do you have any questions for us? Tell me about your culture. Tell me about what you're trying to rebuild or redo or what part I would have in that. Make sure that's a match for you. And if it if it sounds great, but you don't really know how to do it, you better make sure you have a really great coach or mentor that can help you through that so you can learn it and succeed. Um, you know, how you've got to be ready. Speaking of interviews, how mutual is is the interview? Meaning you're clearly interviewing them, but to what degree do you feel as a, as a director of HR in a significantly sized city, how comfortable should a person be to feel like, yes, they're interviewing me, but I'm also interviewing them. I think it should be a huge part. I know, you know, I've been fortunate. I haven't had very many jobs. Uh, I've been in this one going on 27 years. Um, but as I've interviewed and helped and mentored others, I always tell them, you need to be listening to everything. You need to be listening to how they react and how they respond and their engagement with one another. You can tell so much in an interview. If they are rigid and formal and everybody's in suits, I can tell you the, the little things. That's not the best environment for me. I'm a casual, business casual kind of girl. Doesn't mean I can't adapt to it if that's what they need, but I would be... That's not not the environment that I might thrive in, um, but I'd, I'd ask questions around that, right? Um, you need to listen. We get so many compliments when we have interviewed that people say, man, I just want to work in that. Just yeah. because of the way we interacted with one another. We laugh. We have fun during the interview. It's, it's definitely an interview. Um, it's definitely we're watching every single comment and move and how they engage with us. Are they shy? Do they, I mean, we watch everything in an interview. We basically, we always structure it around 45 minutes. They should be doing the same thing. They should be seeing what's important to them and does that fit? 
And if it doesn't, I always say a red flag is a red flag. If your gut tells you this doesn't feel right, go with your gut because it's right nine times out of ten. Well, how many times have you – I mean, come on, we've all got stories of, man, we're so thankful that didn't work out. At the time, we desperately wanted it because we thought, man, this will be this will be the end all be all. I mean, I can't count how many of those <laughs> I've had. Well, way and sometimes more of those than I care. To yeah, do. sometimes it takes. As a leader, I have I have allowed my staff. You know, I, I tell them, "You are the hiring manager. Ultimately, I'm going to leave this decision up to you." And I said, "But here's what I see," and I will tell them because I can pick stuff up. I've been doing this a long time. And I can say, you know what? Their answers were very tactical. You're going to really have a hard time moving them to strategic. But if you think you can move the needle, I'll give you the opportunity. And what do you think happened over time? They're like, you were right, Doris. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. What was that? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But you got to give them the experience. I don't want that for either party. but, But I've seen them be able to move people. And I've also seen them, their filters as managers have narrowed. They're learning. You need to pick up. It's like I always tell people, a baby, a puppy. You, If you look, you can really tell their personalities when you see them at six weeks, oh. at 10 weeks. Yeah. My children, if you look back from when they were born, the screamer is mm-hmm. still the one that <laughs> is not as happy every day as maybe others. <laughs> The one that just went yeah. with the flow from being from right. newborn to current yeah. still goes with the flow now. Uh-huh. You can really see it if you choose to look at it and and really that's right. go, okay, that's how they are built. I tell people puppies are the same way. All puppies are really cute, but you need to watch them. Watch how they interact with you. Watch how they interact with the other puppies. Um, you can really tell a lot if you choose to, to believe it, right. but you got to choose to believe it. Because yeah, it's there. For, Tendencies are always there. I, that's right. And I think for us as individuals, I'm, you said it, experience. You know, whether it's your kids as they're growing up and they're dating or or it's us in the workplace, we just need to experience it. So if you're young or you're young in, the, in a career, just experience it because you will figure it out. I mean, everything that we talk about is about us figuring it out. We're not sitting here espousing, well, you should do this and you shouldn't do that. Yes, there are some general principles that Lisa and I really want to f- help you focus on that that can benefit you, but you know, you very well may be a terrific tree, but you could be planted in the wrong climate zone and it's not going to work out. It's That's just right. not. It is going to wither and I regardless think of downs- how well you try to keep it. Yeah, and I think a huge downside to that is the it can rob us of confidence. And we can think that, well, it's us. It could be. And I think that's a great place to start, to assume responsibility and, and figure out what you could do and you can do better. However, it does not lead to anything good for us to just constantly berate ourselves and belittle ourselves and bemoan the fact that, okay, well, we failed. I've heard this many times, put a basketball in LeBron James hand and he's worth hundreds of millions of dollars a year, put a basketball in my hand. I'm not, nobody's going to pay me a dollar. I, I can't do anything with a, I can't do anything with a basketball. Right. So, but you could do something with as a coach that I bet LeBron can't. 
Well, right? that's it's the just rub. the difference. That's right. That's the rub. So it's not a matter of your personal wealth as far as, you know, your self-worth. It's we've got to be in the right place. We've just got to be in the right place. It's such a huge, huge thing. And if you can get in an environment where there is a focus on people, where the general broad culture is right, and if the specific culture a person who fails at Grand Prairie is going to come away with a huge experience that could elevate them to their next move. I believe that. I know enough about Grand Prairie and the leadership and the way they roll that the overarching culture is so right, the specific part of the culture might not be a fit at all, but man, they'll make the investment in you. If you fail, it will either be because you're incompetent, you're not capable, you're not willing, but that fourth one is a big one, and I think it could be, it's just not right for you. It's, it's not a just, fit, is what we say. It's just not who you are. It's just yeah. not an arena in which you thrive, but man alive, they gave you the shot. So yeah, that's my And it's not, cents. you know, in, in every culture, I do believe it's like marriage. I believe there's some something for everybody. You just have to know what it is and find it. You have to find your fit because if you don't fit at Grand Prairie, doesn't mean you're going to be great somewhere else. I think you absolutely can be great somewhere else, but you've got to have self-awareness to recognize what makes you tick and find it. And the same, I tell the same, I don't know, in previous uh, recordings, we've talked about it a lot. I've had so many conversations with individuals in our city over the years that are miserable in their role for whatever reason. Maybe it's a sub subculture that's not great. So maybe it's not the same culture we have citywide that they're trying to work on and improve and it's making their life miserable. Maybe it's the hours, maybe it's time away from family, whatever it is. I tell them, like you said earlier, Randy, you are in control of that. If you don't, if it's, if you're miserable here, which first they have the time, they don't believe it. They'll tell me they love their job and they're crying in my office about how, how miserable they are. And I said, you, you need to listen to yourself. You're not being realistic. You are not happy. You are miserable. So first is awareness around that. Secondly, find your happy place, go find somewhere that makes you happy and don't take just the first thing that you're offered. Make sure it's worth it. You know, um, so many people I see that just accept a job just to get out of a job and then they're equally miserable in the next job, you know, invest the time and invest the energy in landing what will make you happy or at least what you believe is a match. Um, don't just take the first opportunity. It's it's. It has to be a good fit for you and, and it does come down to we are in control of us. We are in control of ourselves. That is one thing, like you said, Randy, you do have control of and use it to your advantage and go find what makes you happy. Find We say find your happy place in personal life. Why not find your happy place in your professional life? What's stopping you from yeah. doing that? Before we uh, before we stop and in the, in the show, I, I've got a question. So in today's culture, today's environment, hiring environment, have you ever seen it? Have you ever seen anything like this? Have you ever seen anything like this where employers are absolutely clamoring to find good people, but in many cases to just find people? And 
have you ever seen it where there's this much opportunity if I want to make a change? Now, uh, granted, I've got to have some flexibility here. Maybe it's not going to be exactly where I want, and I've got to mm-hmm. I got to look outside some geographical. But have you ever seen an opportunity? Have you ever seen opportunities this this widespread? No, I've never seen an an environment that we have in in hiring today ever in my career, and the industry trying to find great people. I know they're out there, but it's where do we find them? Um, so one, it's identifying them. So if you're out there and looking for a job, be sure and make yourself known because we need great people. Well, let's and define secondly, great. Let's define great people before we close. So I agree with you and I'm, I'm older than Lisa and I, I've never seen anything like it. So all of that is to kind of preach a message here as we end today's show on optimism. If you are stuck look in the mirror there is no reason for you to be stuck That's the right. world is your the world is your oyster if if you i would go so far okay you're not great but you got the capacity to be great you're good you're solid the world is still your oyster now before we close let's define some terms here good great so i mean take grand prairie what how how would you define that well, we're trying to change it. Our, the great, I, I can only speak for me um, and not for others, but great for me has two things that are non-negotiables, which is willingness and attitude. I can train on absolutely everything else. If you have willingness, if you have a great attitude, if you've got some knowledge in our world, just generally, um, those will get you really, really far because we need dependable, reliable people with a high attitude of positivity and eagerness and energy that that just that just want to do a really great job the challenge is pay for us pay everybody's and that's what i've heard from everybody industry wide statewide i'm sure it's national is being able to afford them and sustain them with a budget that we have to manage right every job has a pay rate um that's what looks great to us. And and typically, honestly, the ones that I have found are most successful are not the ones driven by the paycheck because they typically don't last. They burn out or get frustrated really fast. It's the ones that have a great attitude and willingness to learn. Those are the ones that we see shine because they're motivated and driven by something other than money. Money is always a plus. I've had so many successful stories of people that took a pay cut to come here, but with a willing attitude and driven, uh, and did they do a really great job? They move up quickly and regain that any, you know, any cut they might've taken, they regain it in a year or two and surpass it. But you've got to have the eagerness and willingness, um, to, to be, to be moldable and learn. That's where I I find success here. I hope the audience got something from this. I, I, I'm certain that you did. Know what kind of a tree you are. Know what kind of a zone you need to be planted in, and then get yourself there as quickly yeah. as you can. There's a ton of steps that we've alluded to and we've mentioned here in today's show along the way for you to try to figure that out if you haven't, especially if you're early in your career or if 
are examples. Somebody who's just trying to re-enter the sector who who was once in the sector. And I'm going to give you the last words, Lisa. Well, I just I'd reiterate. There's two two perspectives here. One is know thyself. You need to know if you are the looker. You're you're searching for your happy place uh, in in your professional career. Know thyself and what motivates you and where you will su- succeed. Like Randy said, the tree. Um, know what kind of tree you are and the zone you need to be planted in and how you need to grow and make sure that's a fit. If you're on the other side and you're in in the job and you're hiring or filling positions or you're that entity needing workers, make sure you are in charge of you and creating a culture that these workers want to come to and be part of and grow them and help them thrive. You're the gardener at that point. So make it make it worth their their time and energy and effort to grow. Thanks for watching and listening to Grow Great, a city government leadership podcast. For Lisa Norris, I'm Randy Cantrell. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com.